Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. This is what the Bible says um, in, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 15. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And you know, it's, it's a quote from Isaiah. And Isaiah uh, 52, I think, it says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet who, that bring good news. Uh, let me say this, that, that whether you put it on the mountains or put it in the valley or put it in a bath, feet are not beautiful. And so the Bible must be joshing with us, joking with us, right? Or must be saying something about it because, uh, because feet, are you, feet that have walked a long way are usually bloated feet, bruised feet, blistered feet, but they're not beautiful feet, you know? And so it seems to me that, that, that when the Bible says that they're beautiful feet, that it mustn't be how they look, right? I've never seen a beautiful pair of feet and... and, uh, and, and uh, but it's the same with a baby, like newborn babies, be half between predator and, and, and <laughs> like generally they're not beautiful and yet, and yet there's, ne- there's never been an ugly baby, you know, and it's because of, because of what the baby represents, it's because of who the baby is and, and you know, your feet represent uh, someone that's walked on broken glass for Jesus, somebody that's walked up huge cliff edges, somebody that's walked uh, on up mountains, somebody that's swum oceans, and the Bible describes your feet as beautiful feet. And, and I want to say thank you so much, you know, because this, the, the, our authenticity is in our feet. When somebody uh, meets us, they don't, they don't listen to the words of our mouth, they, they have a look at the scars on our feet uh, to see how far we've come. I never trust somebody with smooth skin. You, you know, never trust somebody who's scarless because it means they haven't come very far. They're, they're, they're wet behind the ears. And, and yet somebody, somebody who's come a long way, ran a marathon, but for the sake of, of the gospel, for the sake of the truth that you hold within your heart, people don't look at what's in your hand. They don't look at the words in your mouth. They look at your feet. That your feet prove everything and, and this, this world wants authenticity. This world wants to be authentic and City Point Redcliffe is more authentic today than it's ever been in the history because God's getting you ready for something exceptional, you know. And, and I feel great about this coming weekend, uh, about the, the number of people you're going to be inviting this weekend. And, and I was looking at Mark who, who leads the worship so well, doesn't he? Aha, aha, aha. And uh, where are you, Mark? Are, are you here? Are you... Mark, I've got to say that when I saw you, I just thought that, that your ministry, even though it's within the church, it's outside the church. And I've got to say that, that you're going to see a lot of signs and wonders in 2023. That there's dreams within your heart, that there's going to be people that you bump into thinking, what's happening here? You're going to be, have a very supernatural walk in 2023. And you know, the people say, well, what's, where's the church heading? Uh, for, uh, you know, after COVID and after a lot of interruptions, where's the church heading for? 
is heading for outside the four walls of the church. The new heroes of the church, the apostles of the world, not just the apostles of the church. And, and they're the evangelists who can take the gospel. And I want to thank you for, for, you know, your bloated feet, bruised feet, you know, because, because there's something very authentic about you. And you're going to see uh, the world trade with you. And you're going to receive their brokenness. They're going to receive your wholeness. You're going to receive their sins. They're going to receive the, the, the righteousness of Christ. You're going to see a lot of transactions in heaven in the coming year. In Jesus' mighty name, give him a round of applause. But you know, they're also, they're also the feet of authority that, that it seems to me that, that there's more authority upon your life this year, that you're not blagging it, that you're not faking it, that, that the reason why you're here today is because, is because nothing will stop you, that you're irreversible, you're irresistible, you, you're, you're, you're resi- more resilient now than you've ever been before because God's getting you ready for the most exceptional time. He's reserved you for such a time as this because he's about to pour out his spirit on all nations. God's about to do something amazing within your lives. And the only thing that we need to do, and it's, it's, it's written in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, let me think, Isaiah, I think it's chapter 42 as well. It'll come up on the board, but this is, this is what Isaiah tells us to do. It, it, it says this, it says to forget the former things, It says, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and I'm making streams in the wasteland. God's up to something very unusual right now. He's he's creating streams in the wasteland. He's creating a way in the desert. God's up ahead of you, but he's been prepping you. You're stronger, you're bigger, you're brighter, you're more anointed, you're more ready than you ever, you're more exhausted, but that's part of God's plan. But you're more ready for what God's about to do. And he's already creating ways in wastelands. He's already creating streams in deserts. But, but what I want to say is, is I want to say the Bible starts with don't dwell on the things of the past. There's a song by a band called Sparks, right? And SpongeBob SquarePants did this song as well. And the song's called, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. And I wanna say to you that your, your mind, your soul's not big enough to carry your past and to carry your future. That you're not big enough within, within your abilities to carry the past you and to carry the future you. You're not big enough to carry the pains of the past and to carry the promises of the future. And I wanna say to everyone, get ready, drop the things of the past, forget the former things because God's about to do something brand spanking you that you've never seen before in the history of your life or the history of this church. God's doing a new thing. And He's already began the work within you. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that, that, that you're being transformed from glory to glory. That you're halfway between the present you and the next you. You're halfway between the Simon and the Peter. You're halfway between a cloudless sky 
and a cloud the size of a man's hand, that you're somewhere in the future right now because God's transforming you from glory to glory. It's unbelievable. And this is what the Bible says in Song of Songs chapter 2. It says, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. It says, see the winter's over and the rains are over. The flowers appear over the earth. The season of singing has come. The fig tree forms its early fruit. It says, arise, the wind is over. And I want to say this to City Point Redcliffe and the City Point Church. The winter's over. The spring is coming. And it's time that you arose. It's time that you forgot the former things. It's time that you stopped dwelling upon the past. Because if you do, there's a chance you'll be caught in the past. And most people only ever experience one move of God in their lifetime. Most people only have one hit record. They become a one-hit wonder. They become part of the Baha men. Uh, they become part of the, 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 the Natalie and Bruglio. You know, they become, they become a part of the one-hit wonder club. But God's destiny for each one of you is to have hit after hit after hit after hit it's not to be on a tv show called where is he now but where will he be next that's your future because God is yet to do his greatest works within each one of your lives the winter's over the spring has come arise my darling this is the time for you to arise take off the trench coat take off the sackcloth and ashes and put on the spirit of praise and put on the garments of worship and praise and get yourself ready Come on, City Point Redcliffe, get yourself ready. This world is yet to see what God can do through one church that gets itself ready for what he's about to do. Transact from heaven to earth in the world around about us. Everything starts with you. You're the key. The next you is the next big thing. I'm here to unlock doors within your life so that even though we respect the past, we don't dwell upon the past because this town ain't big enough for both the past and your future, for both what was and what is to come. And we need to make a choice today to make room in the inn for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the fresh revelation he has for us, for the next move of the Spirit, so we don't just cling on to the previous move of the Spirit or cling on to the previous depressions of our past life, that we cast it off in order to get us ready for the greatest move of God that's yet to come. Well, I'm exhausted. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I've been going 100 miles an hour to excite you and to, to get what's inside me out onto you whatever age you are it's time to get yourself ready whatever you've been through it's time to get yourself ready whatever tragedies whatever difficulties whatever triumphs you've been through in your past it's time to get yourselves ready it's time to get yourselves ready it's time to arise and shine for your light has come it's time to clear your mind of everything that was because God's about to do a new thing the new thing's a mystery because he's never done it before. The, the new thing is, is out of, it's not recycled, it's brand spanking new. Because this is how God works. So it's hard to describe what's about to come upon us. But if, we, but if we get ourselves ready 
for what God's about to do, then every one of us will, in 2023, collide with destiny. Uh-huh. This is, this is what Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 1 to 4 says. It says, how beautiful you are, my darling, how beautiful. May I encourage you to stop looking at ugly. May I encourage you, you know, it was Bono who said that love sees beauty in everything. You know, I, this, I, I've married a lot of people in my ministry years, but I've never married an ugly bride. The bridegroom has never said, she's a bit ugly, but I'll marry her anyway, Dave. Go ahead with the vows, right? It's never happened in the whole history of marriage because there's no such thing as an ugly bride, only a beautiful bride. Why? Because love sees beauty. And it's about time that you stop seeing yourself as ugly. Stop seeing other people as ugly. Stop seeing Redcliffe as ugly. Stop seeing, stop seeing your life as ugly. Stop seeing the ugliness that's happening in the world today and see the beauty of God. For He's doing a new thing and it's already begun within our lives. Love sees beauty now and also love sees what you're becoming. God doesn't just see the coal, he sees the diamond in the coal. He doesn't just see the night sky, he sees the stars in the night sky. He doesn't just see the clay, the mud, he sees the clay in the mud. This is our God. This is the way he sees you. He sees you not as you were. He sees you as you're becoming. And this is what, this is what the love letter says in Song of Songs about the beautiful bride of Christ and about you. It says this, it says, how beautiful you are, my darling, oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are dove's eyes. Let me read it through and describe it to you. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep to shorn. Each one has its twin. Your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temple behind your veils are like halves of pomegranates. Your neck is like the Tower of David. On it hang a thousand shields. Firstly, the eyes, this is what's happened to you in 2022, that the eyes behind your veil are dove's eyes. They, they used to be the eyes of a raven. They used to be pigeon eyes. They used to be magpie eyes, but something's changed in the way you see things. There's a gentleness in the way, there's a grace. Instead of seeing people who hate you, you see people who are injured in life because there's a greater compassion in your life now than there was in December 2021. You've changed. The way you look has changed. It used to be vindictive and now it's all encompassing and it's all caring. There's something changed about your eyes. It says that, that uh, uh, your hair has become a flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead, the hair of the Samson church has grown back again. Somebody cut your hair back in the earlier days of this year, but it's starting to grow back again. You can now comb it now, look at it, be impressed by it, because your strength's returning. The strength of the Samson church is coming back again. Listen, if you think I'm just trying to be poetic, a thespian here, let me say this, I'm trying to describe what's been happening in amongst the debris, in amongst the ash cloud, 
What's been happening within you? Your eyes have changed. Your hair's grown. Your strength's starting to come back again. This is God getting you ready for an incredible move of the Spirit of God. Instead of seeing with negativity, you see with positivity. Instead of seeing with hopelessness, you see with an opt- optimism. Instead of th- thinking what's the worst that can happen, you're thinking what's the best that can happen. Lean in, because I haven't finished yet. Your teeth are like flock of sheep just shorn. Each one has its twin. Your cutting edge is coming back again. I mean, you lost somewhere in February, March, April, May, June, July. Lost your cutting edge. But it's, it's coming back again. There's, there's a new anointing upon your life. That, that whoever's feet are bruised and blistered and bleeding, God now anoints you with his strength in the midst of your weakness. When I came last time, I said that God builds his greatest towers of uh, skyscrapers of strength on your greatest fault lines of weakness. I said that if you're a city, you'd be a London, not a Tokyo. Uh, sorry, you'd be a Tokyo, not a London. You'd be a San Francisco, not a Sydney, because God does his greatest work on your greatest fault lines. And he wants to build skyscrapers of strength that cast shadow of influence upon the world around about you. And so your falling away is making way for the strength of God coming upon you. It says that, that each t- tooth has its twin. You used to be full of zeal, and now you're full of zeal and wisdom. You used to be full of a previous season, now you're full of a number of seasons. You know how to adjust. You know how to adjust through the seasons. You used to just be strong on the left-hand side, now you're strong on the right-hand side. You used to be left-brain Karens or right-brain wacky people, right? And now you're able to adjust between left and right. There's a strength, there's a, there's a dexterity about you that you've never had before. It says your lips are like scarlet ribbon, your mouth is lovely. Even the words that you speak are nicer now than they were a year ago. Can you say amen to me? It's kind of true. I know you want to be humble about it, right? But you think, oh, I haven't changed that much. No, 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 no. No, you have actually changed. If we did a little survey, you've actually changed, right? The pressure's been on you. And instead of oozing out venom, you've started to ooze out vulnerability that's caught up with, with the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. The temple behind your veil are like halves of pomegranates. Your thinking's changed and your neck is like the tower of David. On it hang the shield of a thousand warriors. You've changed. You've changed. There's an ability now. The Bible says one will put a thousand to flight. There's ability now for you to hook a thousand shields of a thousand warriors around your neck. Your capacity has now grown beyond comprehension. When you thought, oh, that's enough, I can't handle it 12 months ago, you can really handle it now because God's increased your capacity. He's increased your character. We can build upon you now because God doesn't want servants. God wants partners, partners. Partners in the business of building the kingdom of God and building heaven on earth. All because he's transforming you and you're going from glory to glory. Okay, I've got four things to say to you, right? The first thing I want to say is stop trying to find yourself. This is the time to define yourself. The problem when you try and find yourself, you're going to find the previous you, right? The previous you is no use to anyone. You don't live in history. 
The the worst that the enemy can do is throw hand grenades of condemnation over you, remind you of your past, but your past doesn't exist anymore because it's now thrown to the sea of forgetfulness because you're not dwelling upon it anymore. And the problem, people say, I'm just going to go off for a few months, I'm going to find myself. You're not going to like what you find, right? Because inside you is a narcissist, it's a nasty person, it's a naughty person. There's a Miley Cyrus in you still on a wrecking ball. There's, there's There's a Kim Kardashian inside you you know there's 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 just there's a there's a there's there's like a a a Kanye West inside all of us right slightly doolally and mental right but he's inside all of us that's the problem when you try and find yourself you'll prime the the former you not the next you that's why the Bible doesn't give much credit to trying to, trying to find yourself or even trying to be yourself. What it does give credit to is to redefine yourself. The first thing that, that Jesus did when he met with Simon, the first thing he did wasn't, wasn't to, to raise him up, to, to, to preach to 5,000 people and see 3,000 saved. The first thing he did was to change his name. And he changed his name. He redefined him from Simon, which means reed, to Peter, which means rock. And I want to suggest to you, if you're trying to find yourself, you're going to dig around, you're going to find Simon, right? Old you, no use to tomorrow, no longer alive. But if you redefine yourself, you'll find Peter the rock. You'll find Peter the life changer. You'll find the next you, not the past you. It's amazing when, when uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, it seems to me that he spent a lot of time redefining when he, was, uh, when he should have been creating. Because on day one, he just, he just drew a line between, between, between night and day. He just, sorry, between, between night and day. And on day two, he just, he separated sky from sea. On day three, he separated sea from land. On day four, he separated light from dark. On day five, he made sea creatures. On day six, he made land creatures and he made us. So he spent the first four days defining and the last two days demonstrating. The first four days with the pencil of God redrawing the boundaries that were on earth and the last two days demonstrating the power of God. Some of us want to jump to the power of God without picking up the pencil of God and redefining who we are. You want to get a blank canvas, a blank sheet of paper and you want to draw who you're going to be because the enemy spends most of its time telling you this is who you are. It spends most of its time putting bombs of condemnation on this is who you were. Somebody's got to get some spiritual appetite here and get out the weapons of our warfare and that is to pick up the pencil of God and start to redefine who you actually are for 2023. The world and Satan has got, a, has got a distorted image of who you are. Never ask people, who do you think you are? Let me say this about personality tests. It's really hard for a Christian to do one because it says, are you an angry person? Well, I, I, yes, I used to be. Well, I'm kind of changing. I'm hoping one day that I, I'm no longer angry. So it's very hard to, because the truth is that you're halfway between today and tomorrow. The truth is you're between Simon and Peter. You're not actually living in today. You're prophesying your tomorrow. 
And some of you need to prophesy, this is who I am. You need to shut the door on Facebook, shut the door on some relatives, or quickly see them on Christmas Day, then shut the door of the car and move on to this is who you are. This is who you're becoming. I remember when I, when I moved into the ministry, my mum, because I did civil engineering at Sydney University, she was sending me civil engineering jobs for six years after I'd moved into the ministry. Why? Because she loved the previous me. She wasn't a fan of the present me or the future me. And at some stage, you've got to become a fan of the you that you're becoming because the next you is the next big thing. It opens the door to everything that God has for you. What's God going to do in the church? It's what He's going to do in you because you're the doorkeeper to the future. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the boundaries of everything that happens to you in the future flows from you guarding your heart with all diligence number two you want to stop looking back let me say the problem with looking back is we look back with rose tinted glasses i'll just prophesy and say this is how you've been all your life you've been a square peg in a round hole None of you have ever been a round peg in a round hole. So stop romanticizing the past thinking, gosh, they were the good old days. They weren't. I've been away from Australian music for three decades in England, at the heart of music land, and I've come back realizing the bands that I used to love were utter rubbish. But I look at them sweetly. I look at them thinking I like to go to their concert, but I realize the quality of songwriting was not very high here in Australia. But I romanticize. And some of your greatest enemy is the romanticizing of difficult times. And seeing them as good times. And yet, if you were to actually really figure out how it was in your past, they were difficult times. And God wants to remove the difficult times and He wants to create diamond times within you. You've been a round peg in a square hole. You've been a square peg in a round hole. And that's why the beginning of the book of Joshua, it starts off, Moses is dead. And it might sound cruel, right? But Moses represented the glory of the past and he represented some of the mistakes of the past. And some of you had some great times and some hard times. But your future awaits. And the Bible says, or SpongeBob SquarePants says, this town, that's you. You're not big enough to live in history and to live in the future. You're going to have to put it off. That's why Paul says in Philippians that I forget what's behind me. I push on to what's in front of me. I've got to say, forgetting takes quite some time, but you've got to work at it. You've got to fill your mind with what's positive, what's beautiful, what's noble, what's futuristic. So there's not enough space to dwell upon what's negative, what's broken, what's busted, what should have happened that didn't happen. It takes a little bit of time, but I've got to say it's worth it. It's worth it because all the plans that God has for you that are for good and not for evil, that are are kept in a treasury of heaven, are opened up to those who make room at the end for the next move 
of the Spirit of God. I don't want to be a one-hit wonder. I want to be a Coldplay. I want to be a Chris Martin. I want to have my song. I'm talking to the middle-aged and younger people right now. I've written a yellow. I've written a The Scientist. I've written a Sky Full of Stars. I've written a Magic. I've written a Viva La Vida. Just because I've got hits behind me doesn't mean I've got hits in front of me. The problem with a lot of rock stars, they can't create new hits because they live in the history of previous hits. And I want to say, you want to pull down the gold records of the past, pull down the platinum records, take out the championship achievements, the medals, the, just take them, I put them in the bottom drawer and leave some space for what God's about to do in the future of your life. Am I pre- just let me, I'm just going to ask, am I preaching brilliantly or excessively awesomely? I, I don't know if I said this last time I came, but I'm not actually a preacher. I'm a lifter. I lift, I'm an elevator. I'm an escalator. I lift people from the lowlands of doubt to the highlands of faith. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here so you can rate the sermon. I'm here so you can rate your lift. How much you've been lifted today. Because I'm here to prep you for the most awesome year. Your best is yet to come. It hasn't been. If you're old, it means that God's going to do a huge moving of the Spirit amongst old people. If you're young, He's going to do a huge Spirit amongst... If you're a young mom, He's going to do a huge move of the Spirit amongst young moms. Because the next you is the next big thing. Number three, you want to let go and let God. Frozen chapter 3 verse 1 says, let it go. I'll just say this to each one of you. And I said it at the City Point Women's Conference a number of months ago. The people that took you from A to B are rarely the people that take you from B to C. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, even the most popular people on, on earth, when they, when they finish their life, they've got four friends. Yet they've met thousands and thousands of people. They've been close comrades with a lot of people. But it seems to me that, that God builds friendship for seasons, not for life. And one of the reasons is because God wants to be your friend for life. And we keep substituting friendship with God with friendship with people. And so instead of having permanent friendships, God uses friendships for a season and then he dismisses the friendships. And, you know, part of the reason is that people that took you from the center of the lake, from drowning in the middle of the lake to the edge of the lake, are rarely the people that take from the edge of the lake to the mountain of God. And the reason is because the people that took you from the drowning in the middle of the lake to the edge of the lake still see you as a loser. They still see you as an ex-addict. They still see you as depressed. They still see you as you are. And seeing you as you were is the greatest enemy to who you will be. And so often God splits you from them because you need somebody who's never seen your past. You need somebody that's never seen you 2022. You need someone that's never seen you unravel like the way you did a number of months ago. You need someone that sees you as a blank canvas 
And if anything, they see the future you, not the past you. And so you need some mountain people to come down to the lake and say, let me show you the way. You don't need a lake person, you need a mountain person. You know, it's the same applies for children, that often they get 18, 19, 20 years of age. They, the reason why they need to leave home is because you still see them as a 12-year-old. And no matter what you do, they're still 12. No matter how old they get, they're still 12, right? And so God's got to remove you to a degree from their lives while they establish the next them. The people that knew the previous them need to move aside just for a season of time. God's about to do some great things within your life. And you know, the thing is, letting go is really difficult because these are friends that we laugh together, we cry together with, and they're they're people that are are close to us. But you know, sometimes God comes into it and says, hey, that's the end. And you know, if you want to take that as rejection, you're going to take it all wrong. It's not rejection, it's God's ejection. It's, it's not rejection, it's, 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 it's God's reservation because he's got future plans for you. I know that, that when the Israelites came through the Red Sea that God put a wall of water up, a wall, a cloud so no one can see through it. That's what's happened to some of you. You've come to the end of 2023 thinking, I used to have 10 friends, now I've got three friends. That's because God's put a wall up. It's not because you is bad. It's not because you're selfish. It's not because of the the criticism they give out of their own rejection to you. Don't believe what people say about you. It's because God, the sovereign God, has put a barrier between you and your past. Because, listen, he's about to do a new thing. Are you listening to me? He's about to do a new thing. Here's, Here's my last point. And my last point is, is get your heart ready. And in Luke 23, when, when Jesus was being crucified uh, on the cross, uh, he said a remarkable thing, right? He said, Father, forgive them. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. They know not what they do. Well, let's have a think about it, right? Some of them kind of know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Some have a little inkling, right? They might not know the full dexterity of what they're doing and in that they're creating salvation for billions of people yet to live on the planet but but some of them kind of know what they're doing but Jesus in a blanket statement says father forgive them they don't know what they're doing what what he's what he's trying to do here is is he's trying to keep his heart clean And let me suggest to each one of you that most people aren't vindictive. Most people are utterly thoughtless. And the reason why you weren't invited to the barbecue isn't because they hate you. It's because they didn't remember you. The reason why that present never comes at Christmas time and yet you still relentlessly give presents isn't because they they resent you. It's because they've forgotten about you. Some of you need to, need to stop throwing darts at the world around about you. You know, if anything, it's clouded with satanic activity. That your enemy is not flesh and blood, it's powers and principalities. You want to let people off the hook. You don't want to think that somebody, that evil originates with somebody. It doesn't, it originates from Satan, not from somebody. 
You want to let people off the hook. And I say that because your greatest enemy in your heart is bitterness and resentment. Some of you come to the end of the year thinking that's vastly unfair. May I say, you want to put the flag of justice down and raise up the flag of forgiveness. The flag of justice was never meant for your cause. The flag of justice was meant for the cause of other people, but not your cause. For your cause, it's the flag of forgiveness. For other people who are vulnerable, it's the flag of justice. But never pinch that flag thinking, I'm waiting for them to say sorry to me, because you'll never find that in the Bible. And some of you are sitting down thinking, well, when they say sorry to me, well, who, who the hell are you, King Tut? You know, just who, who, who put you on that throne? Get off your throne and be a human being again. Vulnerable, broken, with a history of rottenness, but saved by the kindness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's, let's, get, this, let's get this thing right. You want to guard your heart with all diligence. Now, he's just two last things, right? You got a gift from God, right? And whatever your gift is, nobody's got the gift that you've got. So no one does what they should do. It's like if your love language is presence, you'll find that that you you rarely get presence, but you give presence because that's your gift. If your gift is acts of service, most people are quite lazy around about you. But your gift is acts of service. You fill in the vacuum and you only see the vacuum because of your gifting. And I would say something you need to, to re-engage in 2023 with your gifting. Just because nobody reciprocates your gifting doesn't mean you wrap the gifting up, roll it up and put it under the bed. The nature of a gift is that you see vacuum because you are the filler of the emptiness that you see around about you. I see an an absence of encouragement. I spend at least an hour and a half every single day, maybe sometimes five hours, simply encouraging people because I see an absence of encouragement because I got the gift of Barnabas. Can you tell this morning? And whatever gift you've got is your gift to give and not to roll up because this is your asset to the world around about you. You want to keep a clean heart. Uh, I said last time I came that, that, that a lot of Christians remained hurt for a decade. I want to change hurt Christians into injured Christians. I want to change hurt that's within me because hurt's tied to a person and a place. I want to I I untwist it from the person, untwist it from the place that hurt me. And now I want to be injured because injury is in the Bible. It says that God heals the brokenhearted. It's that God gives sight to the blind. Injuries in the Bible. Hurt's not. Because hurts resentment, and God can do nothing with resentment until you repent. Oh, I've preached so well. I was in a conference a few years back, and and this couple who are youth pastors in the United Kingdom that look like Posh and Bex, and so I, I got a picture of them. I was a bit, you know, I've got ADH, uh, not D, ADH, A attention deficit hyperactivity acid and uh and and i i pinged them a photograph right and uh, of of how good looking they were right and then within a second I, I they pinged me a hashtag and the hashtag said last year's bands and if you know if you know what that means it means last year's banter it means dave last year's conversation it means dave we don't live there anymore we're living in hashtag next year's bands 
And you need to start to talk about what's about to happen. You need to start to talk about who you're going to be, who you're becoming. You need to start talking about other people in a way that, that sees the stars in the night sky. You, you want to stop being last year's bands. And you want to throw them, throw a Polaroid picture to their Kodak picture of who you're becoming. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.